I'm not sure which came first, my love for 60s culture or my love for that thing you do. I honestly couldn't tell you when I first watched this movie, but at the same time, I feel like I've always been listening to music from this era. When I was in kindergarten, I bragged that my favorite boy band was not NSYNC, not Backstreet Boys, the Beach Boys. I basically had a mop top until like college, and I'm still obsessed with the Beatles, which makes sense because I'm white. Let's not discount the movie either. It took me a while to realize that it wasn't actually made in the 60s, but instead of the 90s, when a writer-director Tom Hanks was at full power. Liv Tyler, to me, was never Arwen. She's always been Faye. I mean, look, I understand it's not the best movie of 1996, but it's unspeakably influential to my taste in everything from film to music to style. I've, I'm always in a state of loving that thing you do. It is very important you don't stink today. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year. We've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Mark Wallington, and when was the last time you were really and truly oh, kissed? God. I'm Chad Oliver, and it'd be ungentlemanly of me to elaborate. Gentlemen, I forgot what you look like. Fun. Um, that's Tom <laughs> Hanks's. That's Tom Hanks's idea of flirting. Yeah, it's uh, Akko. When Akko. was the last time you were really deeply kissed? Who who is that Who's supposed that, to be? That's Jack just a creepo. Joker? That's not a particular person. That's just me being right. a creepo. Are you it's taking kind of UCB classes or something? Like, why yeah, I'm trying to like develop these characters. Um, uh-huh. That one's creepo. Um, uh-huh. here's, well, there's not a lot here's, to him. Here's Flirto. <clears throat> I don't want this. Uh, when was the last time you were deeply uh, kissed? Uh, that's Flirto. What the fuck are you doing? It sounds like UCB stands for you cuck bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I don't think you can say that. I, I mean, can't. you can. You can say I can't it. I think all. you can. Um, um, I don't go to UCB, but if I did, I'd probably have better impressions to give you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Mark, in your monologue, you talked about having uh, moppy hair. Um, mm-hmm. For, for a long time. Do you remember that it was basically me and some of our other friends that like do you do to you use the word bullied may be a bit too much. <laughs> oh, but no. I do remember being like Mark, you need to get a haircut. Do you remember when exactly and why I got that haircut? No, I can't place it. it. That's what I, I was trying to remember. As you for Halloween. Fuck, that's right. <laughs> Yes, that is right, because I had short hair at the time, and yes, you had floppy hair, and we were always like, Mark, cut it for real. You're shaggy dog. Like, I can't <laughs> see you. And um, yeah, you cut it to impersonate me for Halloween. He, Mark was me for Halloween. I've only ever was, known was a- Mark uh, post-Cody Halloween, so mm. I've only really ever known I you can, with short hair. I can... I will post that picture on Facebook of me as Cody for Halloween. Yes, and I will also post the picture. It's a legendary photo in our circles where it's one of the, like, I think it's, like, within two weeks of Mark and I becoming friends. um, And Mark's got the floppiest fucking hair, and I'm, like, looking like a bomb. 
Like, we both look like bums because it was we like look- fucking a, one in the morning. And people were like, ha Cody and Mark, take a pic. And we were like, okay. And now it lives on. We and- both look like 18-year-olds who didn't know how to hold themselves as people. Were Correct. you 18-year-olds who did not <laughs> know how to hold themselves as people? Cody was maybe 19. I was time. 19. But <laughs> yes, um, otherwise. Um, yeah. Um, so... This is Best Pictures. Best Pictures podcast. (laughs) This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we try and find our favorite movie for every year. We've been alive, but we are currently in 1996. So far, we've talked about Scream and Fargo. This week is Mark's pick, That Thing You Do. But before we get to that, I need to know, boys. Mm. Going to start with Mark. What have you seen recently at the Megaplex? Um, I had been recently watching like a string of like kind of mediocre movies at the movie theater, like... Um, solo. I mean, it's not mediocre. Solo's but, like, it's fine. Not, it's not outstanding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Deadpool is like good. fine. Nah, Book Deadpool's Club is a fine. Piece of shit. So I decided to give my movie watching experience an upgrade. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's right. I watched Upgrade. <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, Upgrade is like, uh, like the day before I had, I was watching like this random action movie from the eighties, and I was like, why does no one just make action movies anymore <laughs> that aren't tied to a franchise? Mm-hmm. And then Upgrade showed up in my life, and uh, it was exactly what I wanted. Yeah, Mark, you texted that to me uh, and to other people. I think I can't remember if it was in a group me or you just texted me. It's probably uh, a group me. I thought it was a um, tweet. It may have been a tweet. Also, <laughs> who knows? There's lots of avenues in which I we communicate. It, and I'm yes. pretty I sure it was I express my opinions in a multitude of ways. Right. Mm. And, like, so, like, you're not completely wrong, but you're not completely right. Because you're, like... It actually might have been a letter, letterbox review. It may have been a letterbox review. <laughs> um, but, it, but, like, so movies come out now, and there's starts of franchise. And so you, you think about them now as franchises, but they weren't originally. So, like, John Wick, you know, like, that's a straight-up just action yeah. movie. Um, but that is now a franchise. It was also um, like notable for being one of those rare instances when it came right, out right, right. too. And that and that's what I mean by like Mark's yeah. mostly right, yeah. but they they do pop up every now and then where it's just like, uh, here's a random action movie. You guys want mm-hmm. this, right? And everybody's like, mm. I mean, we're not gonna say no, <laughs> but we're not gonna say yes too enthusiastically. Right. I think I think a lot of it was also the fact that when we like watch action movies from the past, they're usually like like Die Hard was a standalone you know movie exactly, uh, and then became, but then it became a franchise. Right. It was weird to watch a movie from the eighties that was like genuinely very good and just like nah, no one wanted to make a could you hard rain. could you see Upgrade becoming a major franchise? Majors um, probably yeah, a majors stretch. probably yeah, that's probably not the best word, but like a an action franchise. Uh, no first. For spoiler reasons, maybe. Oh, whoops. Uh, but there's always ways around spoiler oh, reasons. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah. I would love to see an Upgrade sequel. Yeah. Um, because it would be a, a fucking bonkers. Yeah. But um, I, it would be weird. Blumhouse works pretty cheap. That's one of mm-hmm. the thing about them is they have cheap budgets. Cheap not in a bad way, but like they yeah. just have it inexpensive. Yeah. Right. And so upgrade. like if Upgrade makes any amount of money, there's a chance they'll make it a sequel. They love sequels upgrade over there also. Upgrade was made for like 5 million. Yeah. Which is so I, fucking low. I there may be a second one on the horizon. Um especially cuz it's one of Blumhouse's main guys who directed it. It was uh, Lee it's, Wannell. Yeah, um, the other guy who made Saw. Oh, yes, Saw. exactly. He wrote Saw. 
Yes. Um, but so he's not James Wan. He's the other one, basically, right. is what it is. Uh, so far, it's made $9.7 million, so it's almost double it. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they won't. That's still pretty low. Like, that's it not enough for them to... hasn't had the widest release yet. Like, you still don't have it in no. Auburn, right, Cody? No, it's not near me, which is very frustrating. Yeah. Well, when it gets there, you need to watch it. Just because, like, A, the action is just unbelievable... Mm-hmm. Um, and the world it's set in is like really cool as well. Um, yeah. It's like a world where everything is like voice controlled, and it's a lot of it's like if uh, Alexa ran your entire house. Right, right, right. Um, um, uh, it's a really, I mean, some of the dialogue is uh, kind of cheesy. Right. Uh, but I, I, I didn't. It didn't bother me in the slightest. Th- this is the director's uh, fourth or second movie that he directed. Um, and his other one also came out this year, and I saw it, and it was very bad. What was it? It was the fourth Insidious. They finally let him oh, direct it. He oh. had been writing them all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that just horrible? I didn't see it, but it's very bad. Boring. Yeah. Boring is what I would say about I it. Didn't which even is like, like the first Insidious. Uh, the first Insidious is good. Yeah. The uh, first, number... I like Chapter Two even better. I think. Yeah. Two Two's okay. Uh, Conjuring versus uh way better. We're yep. recording this before the Nun trailer comes out, which the is the new entry. The poster came out today. And yes, that's because it, the trailer comes out yeah. tomorrow when we're recording. Yeah. It uh already gave me the chills. Cause Gonna be very it's good. A scary, scary monster and the Conjuring Two. It's a franchise that's had one bad movie, and that's the first Annabelle, but Annabelle 2 ruled. It's so. so good. Um, yeah. Um, I just looked. I'm going back home this weekend. It looks like Upgrade is playing. I'll try to squeeze it in. We'll see what I'm able to you do. Gotta. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I'm able to do. Um, it's Father's Day weekend, so who knows? Your, your dad will love it. I promise. Yeah, like probably, action movies. It's good for, for dad day. I know. It's hard to convince anybody in my family to go to the movies ever, though. I feel that. I got to order uh, something on Amazon for my dad for Father's Day. <laughs> you probably should. I'm, I'm not going to see him because we couldn't live further away from each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Southern California and North Jersey. like. Yeah. Well, I just... So I've gotten real used to where I live now. It like takes me, no joke, like mm, 10 minutes at most to get to a theater. When I'm back home, mm-hmm. it's a like... 25 to 30 minute drive to a theater so i get why they don't go as often but then i do not understand how i was able to become the person i was um uh chad what did you see at your local megaplex i saw uh oceans eight and it was a wonderful time oceans great yeah more like uh, oceans eight more More like like, like, let me let me uh, more like oceans great Okay, but do it do it in one take now. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we'll do it. Oceans okay. A more like Oceans Great. Nope, nope. You okay, gotta pa- you gotta it? pause. Yeah, Mark, you take over what, the direction. I get it with more um personality. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oceans eight <laughs> more like Oceans Great. Was okay. Like yeah, that's nope, that's, okay, it. that's it. That's it. Take cool. out a little cool. bit of accent though. <laughs> In fact, a lot of accent. Take most of the accent out. <laughs> okay, I'll do that in post. Uh, I think yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It'll be yeah. easier to just do that in post. Right, right. Um, just hit the remove. It. It's just right, right, right. Need to take the accent out. Just remove right. accent button. Yeah, but it really was a great time. Um, I went with uh, my wife, her sister, and her mother, um, mm-hmm. and they all enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a crowd pleaser. Uh, lights, cam- lights, camera. Jackson's not a huge fan, so. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell me what did Lights Camera Jackson say? Lights Camera Jackson said it's pretty ironic and bad that the best part of the movie is Amel. And oh, I said, damn, no, I La- saw that. <laughs> damn, Lights Camera Jackson, you come up for the fucking throat. He's that dude that had the worst ever Pixar takes, I just, right? He's I a child. Assume, he's yeah. a literal yeah, child. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's like he's like 16 now, I think, but still. But like, he's trying yeah. to be like a film critic online. I'm doing, I'm doing some research here. Hold on. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was born after Ocean's Eleven came out, so he can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, this uh, is the most film Twitter the podcast has ever gotten, <laughs> um, because who else knows who Lights Camera Jackson is? If you want to chuckle, it's very funny. He did a Pixar list one time mm-hmm. that made all three of us lose our fucking minds. We either talked about that in the practice episodes for this podcast or on Macro 2. I can't remember which <laughs> one it was. It Maybe. Was probably a practice episode actually no i think it was a real episode okay was it honestly we it's been so long yeah it's (laughs) been it's been a while um so yeah um lights camera jackson made a insane pixar list where he had like insane rankings and he's like Like alluding to those favorite right i think so it's something like that um so he was alluding to recently um because incredibles 2 is gonna come out and because every motherfucker is able to get a screening pass other than me he's seeing incredibles early and he's like hmm haven't been this excited for a a Pixar follow up since Cars three, and I was like, a <laughs> a bitch, that was the last one. <laughs> B, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who gets jazzed about Cars oh three? To be Lights fair, Camera Jackson, was, that's he who. He was fourteen at the time, so it's fine. I, I guess, mean, but. Lights Camera Jackson has more followers than us. That well, depresses yeah. me. Um, but, but we we're make better po- content. We're film podcasters. How hard would it be to get these like press screenings? I don't know. We've got to look into it. Mark yeah. may know some like, people. You have to have like credentials, so um, pretty hard. For so us. what do we got to like print some business cards or like what do we got to do? Yeah, I don't know. We oh, have a podcast. Know. Like we like, are the um, press. Yeah. We don't. I don't have know. Eight. And you are like a PR person. Um, please give us some advice. <laughs> yeah, tell us what to do. Chad lives in LA. Chad at least should be able to get early shit. Yeah. Send me anyway. like my 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 uh, what you call it? my lanyard, so uh-huh. I can get in. And uh, yeah. yeah, leave it at that. Uh, anyway, Ocean's, Ocean's Eight. eight. Um, uh, wait, wait. Did everyone... you guys say Ocean's Eight? Because I heard that that movie is actually called Ocean's Great. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cut that and flip it, and we're good. Okay. I'm just yeah, gonna um, replace every instance uh, in post. Right. 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 Okay. okay. Uh, so chat tell us about it. Yeah, it was really good. I, I like a good heist movie. Um, the Ocean's movies have all done a good job of like setting up expectations and then playing with them in interesting ways. Um, this is probably the most like streamlined and simplistic plot of an Ocean's movie, but mm-hmm. it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of it at all. No, uh, not at all. The cast is a delight to watch. Rihanna's really good. Helena mm-hmm. Bottom Carter is Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. Um, Anne Hathaway uh, is great. I think Anne- Cody said that that's, that's your favorite character in the movie, right? Yes, Anne Hathaway is brilliant in it. Like, and I like mean it in a real way. Like, the, she does a performance in it that's like mm-hmm. phenomenal. Like, she it's very multi layered. It's very like playing to her strengths and stuff like that. So, I've heard people describe it as like a hangout movie disguised as a heist movie, <laughs> which is interesting and like accurate. But it's also like true of all the Ocean's movies. So it's not yeah. not yeah. a new thing to yeah. like really point out, but. Uh, oh, it's good. We like should... I, I love it from top to bottom. I think I'm hot, more hot on it than a lot of people, but it it rules. It has a lot of um kind of callbacks to the original oceans. Yeah, like uh, I mean, mm. it opens the same way. There's a 
a couple scenes and I was like, oh, this is like kind of the same scene that happens at this point mm-hmm. in Ocean's Eleven or yes. like lines of dialogue that'll be flipped, kind of like Solo did, but mm-hmm. I don't know. This th- I like this better. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah and it, this is definitely a sequel. Um, it's it's a spinoff, but it, I mean, it's essentially a sequel. It takes place after Ocean's Thirteen, pretty definitively. Um, and I want to see many more of these films. Cody, um, what what have you seen at the Megaplex? Uh, have you guys heard about Hereditary? Ah! Oh, I've so, uh, shit, you, you scared Chad, me. You scared Jesus. me. We're wearing headphones. Yeah, but you, you can't just scare me like that. Hereditary uh, is very uh, scary. Hereditary, hereditary more, more like more, heard it was scary. Heard it was scary. Didn't I do that, Mark? You did do that. <laughs> I I was gonna respond to you saying that and give you credit. I also made a hereditary heard it was like, but it was um spoiler heavy. I just <laughs> it to Cody. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Okay, um, I haven't uh, seen hereditary. So you boys talk about it. I gotta spray my cats with a water bottle because they're being bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is well, that a euphemism? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Um, Hereditary is very good. I don't know that I would necessarily recommend it to a ton of people um, because it is so like fucked up and disturbing, and it really like seeps into your brain. It's very mm-hmm. much like a slower paced horror movie. If you're looking for jump scares, a la It, which you know I loved last year, and it, it is a good movie, but like this is a very different thing. It's more in line with It Follows and The Witch and those kind of like atmospheric horror movies. Yeah, it's it's definitely a slow burn, and the plot is also somewhat of a slow burn. You never really have a super solid clue of what's happening until the very end. And um, even and then mean, like, you're like the, the last scene in which they're like this is what happened. But even then you're like what? Uh, right, but questions. why did this did this have to, yeah exactly it very much is. A, I'm sure it would uh, a second viewing would be interesting of it I think. Um, yeah. Hmm. But it plays with lighting and hiding things in very interesting ways. Um, yeah. It, no. uh, there were parts of it that reminded me of Donnie Darko um just in like there was how an, atmosphere cuz there was, was an angsty teen in a hoodie like but also because <laughs> there was an angsty teen in the hoodie being led by like a bluish light yeah true 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 um so if okay I, if i'm not crazy about donnie darko no they're oh, not no. similar okay. they're not I, similar I, I think that the best part of Donnie Darko is how like atmospheric it is and even when something scary isn't happening you feel like you, you should be scared yeah um mm-hmm. That is how Hereditary feels as well. I think the problem with Donnie Darko is it gets a little bit into its own mythology a bit and a little too into itself. I don't know. It's not bad. It's just like I actually enjoy the movie a lot. I would still consider it probably overrated, though. Does that make sense? mm -hmm. Like, I like it a lot, but I think that like what it it's. It was directed very well. I feel like its script has like one too many layers. Well, apparently there's a book that goes along with it. I don't need a book to understand a movie. (laughs) Yes, that is my same thing too. People are like, well, you actually like get it more if you read the book. And I like looked on Wikipedia and I was like, no, I understand it. Like this is (laughs) what I thought happened. Yeah. Um, Anyway. A movie needs to just be a movie though. Yeah, Yeah, well. even if a book does make a movie better, then just make a better movie and no book. <laughs> How about that? Um, books are fine. Right? Yeah, books are good. Books are fine, but, but it, movies are fine too. Yeah, if if there was a book out there, both, and it was like this move, this book sucks. But like, if you watch the movie first, then this book is awesome. That would be a bad book. Mm, yeah, right. Maybe. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of like, well, you have to watch all this stuff to unlock it. That argument never really holds water to me. Uh, Chad got mad about this with um, Killing of a Sacred Deer because um, mm. people said, well, if you watch The Lobster, you would understand. And you made the good point that you shouldn't have to. That yeah. That's how I feel about David Lynch stuff, too. I've seen a lot of David Lynch, but like wasn't a big fan of Twin Peaks season mm-hmm. three. And I did hear the arguments from some people like, no, 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 this is true to his work. You've got to watch it all and you'll understand. And it's like, I no, I don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, and I, think like, that- I think it's with that. It might be more like, well, I mean, he does a lot of like similar themes on a lot of his works, but like at the yeah. same time, me, I haven't seen a lot of his works as much as I'd like to. Cause I actually like his stuff that I've seen, but right. Um, I think it's more just like, because Lynch is a weird director, you know, and so like watching all of his stuff to like sort of know how he works is different than like, I don't know what happened in this. I don't know. Well, Killing of the Sacred Deer is the same way. Like, I know what happens in the movie. I just don't like it. Exactly. I'm on the the same page here where I feel like it's helpful to have an expectation going into a movie sometimes Mm -hmm. where like if you go into... Twin Peaks thinking that it's like a murder mystery show and then you're like oh this is really fucking surreal what have I got myself into mm-hmm. then it right. might be a little bit helpful going into a show you knowing that you know was going to be really surreal and like artistic oh it is uh, helpful like don't get me mm-hmm. wrong it is helpful but there is a bit of gatekeeperness that exists of like no 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 to truly understand this you have to see it all which like fuck that like that's bad but I agree that like if you want to do that then it will, like, you know, um, add to your experience and color it and stuff like that. But you shouldn't be, like, uh, forced to or Mm -hmm. be told you don't understand it because you didn't do a preceding thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, There's this argument a lot now with modern film critics because modern film critics are a bit, like, younger and haven't necessarily seen every classic movie and there's arguments from older film critics who are like well if you haven't seen this you can't say anything about movies and it's like well no. you can't watch everything it's it uh, yeah that's where the gatekeeperness part of it goes anyway we should talk about the movie that we came here for and that yes. is mark's pick um you pick that thing you do mark tell us a little bit about that thing you do and why you picked it so, as I said in the monologue, this movie has been around, like, my entire life. This came out in, like, 96. I probably saw it in, I don't know, 97, 98. I don't remember not having seen this movie before. My first memory of this movie is rewatching it for the nth time. Um, so, I mean, th- my family had a limited number of movies to pick from as a kid, and this was this was one of them and one that we ended up watching a whole lot because no one wants to watch the live-action Jungle Book, Mom. Which one? <laughs> yeah, which one? <laughs> the, the one from the 90s. Oh, that makes Still, sense. which one though? <laughs> um, there's only one live action one from the nineties. No, it's got a. There's, like a, there's probably there's a, a sequel. Couple. There's a sequel to that movie. Well, I don't and think I watched the. Sequel there was to like that a. Movie. I believe there was one on the Disney. Uh, what the wonderful world of Disney on ABC? Mm, yeah, I believe yeah, there was yeah. one there too. Damn, um, dog. it was not that one. I don't think. Okay. Probably not. You, you would have had to have recorded it. it on your VHS. Yeah. It was it was like a like a we didn't record it from the TV. Gotcha. We Remember the nineties VHS yeah. taping things? Oh my god, guys! The mm, fucking nineties. So random. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but, but, Cody, but, but have you seen this before? 
No, I have never. Uh, you gave me a copy of this because uh, you upgraded to Blu-ray. Um, because uh, I'm a good friend. Yes, exactly. And I um, wasn't going to watch it because I knew we were going to cover it for the podcast. Hey, where's um, my copy ent- of... Uh, our entire friendship, Cody has been not watching it because he knows it'll make him watch it one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now here we are. Um, Chad, I don't have any copies of movies for you because it's hard to get them to you. But uh, I, I've got Scream 1 through 3 that I'm going to hand Mark the next time I see him. Man, uh, I want to be closer to you guys. Text me your address later because I promised I would send you something for Christmas and I never ended up doing it. So text me your address and I'll send you something. All right, <laughs> Yay, cool. presents on pod. I'm going to do it right now. And I'm going to send you a little <laughs> something too. Um, yeah, hey, hey, remember when I got both of you guys something uh, for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, you guys are talking about giving presents to each other, yes, but you're forgetting the third member. Give each other presents. Just it, but six not, months late. I got, but you, not to me. I got you, you a substantial birthday present. You though. did give me a birthday present, which I loved, and you got it. So Chad got me PlayStation Plus, and he got it to play so we could play video games together, and then both of us we didn't have time to play video straight games. Straight up have not played <laughs> once, I don't think. We tried to one time with Grand Theft Auto Five, but like... You had yeah. to update it, and it was... No, I had to beat, like, a whole story thing, which I still haven't fucking <laughs> figured out how to do. Because you're bad at video games. Because I'm bad at video games. So, in September, I've got to remember to cancel it. <laughs> um, because, like, it just doesn't work. We don't have time. Um, Cody, yeah, remember the time I, that for my birthday you got me help me move into your apartment? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm. those are in the past. I'm talking about moving <laughs> forward. Um, no, it's, no, I, for real, like, uh, expecting people to get you stuff all no, the time I'm is a bad shit. move. I haven't, I'm so bad at buying presents. So bad. I I'm just, so sorry, everyone. I, I luckily was like, I know exactly what I should get Chad and Mark, and it just mm-hmm. worked out to be close to christmas also chad's birthday is close to christmas so yeah. it knocks out two birds with one stone yeah so. you pulled that card <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep yep like i've never heard that before yeah well um, you know this christmas uh laura and i it was our first christmas to be married to each other and we didn't know how to <laughs> to do it like well we <laughs> didn't know how to like account. get gifts for everybody like so mm-hmm. i got three brothers and i got parents and she's got mm-hmm. a sister and some parents do we both buy one uh, no, no. See, no, no, no. We he, he, did that, and we spent like double Chad. the money than we should have, and we were completely you, broke January first. Uh, bad and, move. And literally, everyone was like, "Why did you do this?" And we were yeah. like, "I thought it was the expectation." No, sh- straight know. up, mine and Olivia's hack is. Mm-hmm. Every present is from both of us. Yeah. I buy this stuff for my family. She buys this stuff for her family. It just makes and it that's easier. That's how we should do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's easy. For me, this Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the oh, very next God. day... Mark has been trying to say this the whole time. <laughs> um, also, just just cut this whole this whole Christmas run. Cut no, it out of the fine. podcast. It's no, fine. it's good. People good love content. Christmas. People um, want to get to know... like They hear about the movies. They want to know about us. They want to know who's telling them about movies. Should Talking. we talk about this particular movie? Probably. Where are we in the plot? Have we started it. the plot? <laughs> we nope. have not. Okay. Chad, have you seen um, this movie before? That's where we oh, are. Uh, yes, I have. Uh, my mom, uh, who I bought two Christmas presents for this past <laughs> year, uh, rented it from Blockbuster years ago. We watched it together. We used to always do the Blockbuster thing. And uh, this was one of those movies. 
And you and Laura share bank accounts, two right? Christmas yeah. presents, you don't. Yeah, why the fuck did you do it then? It's the same money. It's coming from the same place. I can't get over no, it. I know. We just like <laughs> didn't know because we've never done it before. We've never been married. Uh, and, when in doubt, err on the side of buying less things. No, yeah, you're, for real. Here's the thing. You're <laughs> absolutely right, and I agree with you 100%. How did you <laughs> buy two Christmas presents for everyone and I didn't get one from you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I was saying is like you two didn't get presents from me because we didn't have any money left yeah no by the time I mean, we that... were done with family it was like we bought too many things <laughs> that's so funny jesus christ okay so that thing you do uh in 1964 in erie pennsylvania an inspiring jazz drummer guy uh he works in his dad's store he's asked by jimmy and lenny to join their band because their normal drummer broke his hand uh their normal drummer is a dude named chad which is fun uh guys chad fell down <laughs> Great line. It's a good line. It made line. me laugh it's, out loud in the movie. It's a it's a really because like so in that scene, uh, Jimmy and Lenny are trying to figure out a name for their band, and um, Lenny or Jimmy is like switching like the chord debts because um, it's like a quartet, but it's chords like the or, music wait, was chord. It, was it that or was it chord vets like a Corvette? It might have also been chord vets. It was it was all very bad. Jeez. Um, but meanwhile, like rack focus in the background, um, the bass player and um, and uh, Chad well, Chad are yeah. like jumping over parking meters, and Chad does it wrong and falls and hurts himself. Yeah, very funny. Um, it's, uh, so- Giovanni Rabisci is playing him, and yes. um, yeah, he's like one of the band members, and like he's one of the actors that actually like, goes on to like have a pretty good career, but like. He's pretty much just written out of the movie almost completely after this. Oh, almost yeah. completely. Like an afterthought. It's funny because right. him and Ethan Embry has also gone on to do some like um like some small horror stuff, but like he's still like making a decent living as an actor. But everyone else mm-hmm. in the band has kind of like faded away, and Ethan Embry has his doesn't ha- even have a character name. Right, right. right. He's um, just referred yeah. to as TB player. Um. That, so that stands for the bass player. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so although, although I read an interview with Ethan Embry where he insists that uh, in his mind the character's name was Tobias and people just called him Toby and then eventually TB. Um, <laughs> I mean, it last, works. Like his it, last I mean, that name works. was was actually player. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Hmm. Um, the band decides to go by the name The Wonders, but spelled out O-N-E-D-E-R-S because they love puns. I think at first there was no dash, and then they added the dash. No, to, they uh, don't add a dash. You're right. They don't add a dash. Cody adds a dash so he knows what to say but on the podcast. They do, because everyone keeps calling them Oneaters because that's what it looks like. And then when they yeah. start selling albums, they have the dash. But before that, it was just Oneaters mm. spelled out. No dash. I think um, if I ever made a band, it would be called the O'Neaters, but like with the dashes so that it's pronounced O'Neaters. Like, <laughs> Just O-H-dash as like a reference to this movie. K N E E dash. Yeah, with, with the K's. People would probably call us the OK Needers, and I'd be really mad. About it. <laughs> that would be that's too that's too many levels of like yeah away yeah from meta. wonders yeah that's so good. Uh, um, so also always hanging out with the band is Jimmy's Jimmy's girlfriend, Faye. Uh, this is Liv Tyler. Right. You guys know her from Lord of the Rings, Incredible Hulk, uh, The Leftovers. <laughs> great movie, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, well, uh, The Strangers, she's in that movie. She's in Strangers. Um, yep. She's good most of the time. She's so pretty really. good. 
Yeah. Um, she talks real soft, if that's your thing. That's kind of her move. It works really well in the leftovers because she's kind of playing against type, but using that type. Uh, it also kind of works in Lord of the Rings because she's an elf. Right. So you're just like, ah, yeah. oh, she's yeah, supposed she's... to carry themselves in that way. Like right. she feels like weightless, like Legolas yeah. walking atop the snow. She's pretty good in this movie, I think. I like her well enough. Um, yeah, she she's not bad. She's giving yeah. some bad dialogue toward the end of the movie. More on that right. later. Yeah. But she's not oh, bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, she uh, she doesn't necessarily have a ton to do, though. But uh, somebody who has even less to do is arguably the most famous person of the movie. Nope. Tom I keep Hanks forgetting Tom Hanks first. is in this movie. Um, but, but very Char- close second, honestly. Yeah, Charlize Theron plays Guy's girlfriend in basically two scenes. Um, she's pretty dismissive of the band, and then she ends up falling for Dennis, then kind of goes away. It's So she has more to do in the extended edition, um, which I accidentally watched. Um, you watched the first act of the extended edition and then quickly moved to the regular version. Right, because I realized they added fucking 37 minutes, which is untenable. Um, but So she has more to do, but it, like you kind of wonder, like, maybe they should have just cut her out completely. Like I don't know if yeah. she adds that much to it. She doesn't. It, and it, it like doesn't really do anything to Guy to lose her. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really... I think that, that like, there's a thread that isn't really touched on in this movie of, like, Guy, like, kind of, like, not moving away from his family and his, like, people back in Erie. Yeah. Um, And she's involved in that, but it's really not Hmm. noteworthy. Yeah, I think... Uh, a catchphrase where he says, I am Spartacus, which um, yeah, is a, I don't know. It's a weird cultural reference. That's my so, least favorite part of the movie up until the end. This is yeah. Insistence it, on that catchphrase. What's like, what's the, what's the, what are they trying to do with that? So made a Spartacus movie, right? Yeah. 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 So, so is this, so this scene is definitely in the extended edition. They like go to her house and make out and I, the Spartacus is on the TV. See, here's here's the thing. I think that's where it comes from. But in the movie, he just says it. The first so time he says so it, it's not so it's not in the normal version. That scene where they go make out at no, her house. The, so in in the um, this is where you find out exactly how much I know about this movie. Yeah. Um, in the regular Jeez. version, the first time that she's there is um. Uh, is it the talent on, show? He's on the phone. Fo- he's on the phone with her. Telling yeah. them about the show, and she's got her hair up, and it's really loud, and she can barely hear. Um, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, I have a root canal, so I can maybe make it." Right, uh, right. So um, straight up, they don't set up why the fuck he says that. No, he just says. What it. the hell? As a kid, I always thought that that's just something that cool people say. It's not. <laughs> it's not. So you it's were not. So did you try to say it like in school? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. You didn't um, feel confident enough to. But I. I definitely thought it was like a cultural reference that like just like he was like referencing something that everyone knew about. I mean, he is, I guess, to a degree. But like, I feel like show that scene a little bit. Yeah, he does. There I is a know. scene later in the movie where he says it to Steve Zahn, and he like mm. gives him the weirdest look, and yeah, it's like accurate to how I feel every time he says it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the fir- like in the in the movie, the first time he says it, she is like in the process of hanging up, so he's just saying it to an empty phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, 
they enter a talent show and they begin playing the song that Jimmy wrote. But Guy, since he's the drummer, he like hears it and he's like, mm, I'm going to speed this up. So he speeds it up. He makes it sound even poppier and more upbeat. Mm-hmm. The crowd fucking loses their mind. They really love the song as is. Um, so then they start getting other gigs basically based on the popularity of this song and this mm-hmm. version of it. Uh, and they eventually start selling records of the song. Um, this is... So this movie kind of plays with Beatles, the like the band, the Beatles, uh, mm-hmm. like some of their references a bit. And apparently this For is... For example, their name has a pun in it. Exactly. Um, so speeding up like a ballady love song is apparently like what the Beatles did for their first song uh, is what some research told me. Um, I don't know if I totally buy that because they had been playing in a bar for forever before they cut that album. But they might have, while playing in that bar, realized that in order to get people excited about their music, they should stop playing ballads and just play the jams. Right. I think I think that's probably close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they get noticed by a talent manager named Horace, uh, who's going to help Horace. them out. Phil Horace. Um, played, so- by, uh, played by Chris Ellis, who was in Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks. Oh, fun. Um, so Phil, uh, he's able to get their song played on the radio, which makes the band lose their mind. This is one of the most fun scenes in the movie to me. Everybody like starts hearing. So um, Faye hears the song like on a Walkman thing. She runs into the bass player. He starts losing his mind. They go to um, Guy's family store. They turn it on at every radio. Zon they, they and Jimmy radios, show up. So yeah, they just exactly. Crank it. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Zahn is there. They're all like dancing around a radio. Steve Zahn like tries to like hit on uh, Guy's sister and she's not into it. So he just kisses a cardboard <laughs> cutout. <laughs> right. It's very funny. So this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And I think For that sure. it, it's part of what the movie does well. And that's like having the excitement of like making it like it does those moments very well mm-hmm. uh, falls apart in other places, which we'll get. Yeah. To. I think that as a rule of thumb, anytime music is playing in this movie, it's a lot of fun. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that comes from uh, um, Jonathan Demi was a producer on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he had worked with Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks in uh, Philadelphia. And I think that they like bonded there. So he came on this and I think that he helped a lot with the way that it was shot and kind of gave um, Tom Hanks some some tips on how to shoot music. That's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. That's my guess. He also plays uh, later in this movie there. He has a cameo. I will remember to bring it up if I can. Gotcha. So then they go on to play a rock and roll showcase in Pittsburgh. It does not go very well, but they are still uh, able to, like, Guy gets introduced to Mr. White, uh, who's played by a little Yo. Uh, a- actor. Why are you Mr. White. <laughs> uh-huh. I hope you like like a uh, lesson how loud this audio is because it's so loud. Yo, Mr. White, I can't control my voice. Yo, bitch. Uh Uh-huh. Very good. Mark, Um, do you have one? Do you want to go while we're here? I haven't seen Breaking Bad. No, but I know uh, there's another Mr. White that you probably could like do like just while you're here, just do another bit. Like Uh, was one of the the Reservoir Dogs Mr. White? Yeah, Um, that's one. Do uh, it. Don't tip people. I'm Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, really he's actually dogs. he's actually Mr. Pink. I don't know who I don't Mr. Care. White is. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, so this has been our uh, bit section. Um, so Mr. White, he begins running their career. He changes their name to the wonders, like the actual fucking word, which like they should have goodness. in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and he gets them on the Playtone tour. So that's basically like their label. And, you know, it's like the warp tour, but, uh, for not angsty bands. When he first shows up as well, he also rebrands guy as shades, the drummer yes. who never takes his sunglasses off. It's a really good um, gag. And he, he dubs Faye their costume mistress so that she can have a role and actually come along and get paid for. Um, right. And also figures out that the bass player is leaving the band in a number of months. He hadn't told anyone that he was in the Marines. <laughs> yep. He signed up and was like, huh, I guess this music thing is a thing, huh? Um, so that thing you do becomes a radio hit. Like, uh, it's a pretty big deal. People are losing their mind. Uh, mm-hmm. The band's having a good time. Um, Jimmy's hyper serious and takes everything too seriously. Yeah. Uh, he He's getting frustrated. His new songs aren't being recorded. Right. Um, yeah, Tom Got- Hanks is like trying to just get as many shows played as possible, and he wants to record. Yeah, I'm, right. Most of the band is having a really good. <laughs> most of the band's having a really good time on the tour. Um, Lenny falls in love with uh, one of the. Um, uh, wow, I forgot the name of the of this band. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the other bands on the tour. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the. Well, no, the, sorry, the bass player falls in love with a member of one of the other bands. Right. Um, Jimmy seems to have a thing for Diane Dane, who was like a lounge singer who's on the tour. What mm-hmm. is it Steve Zahn's character says to her? <laughs> Just, you were my um, first. He, he's like, you were my first boy-girl thing. A picture yeah. of you on the cover of this album. And I'm pretty sure he's admitting to, like, jacking Jerk off to it. her. Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely is. Diane um, Dane! Diane Dane! Jeez. That's my, um, that's my, that's my reference. It's very good. Um, so Guy and Faye are kind of flirty during this. It seems like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mostly they're just being nice to each other. But um, So the song breaks into the top ten, and because they are so successful, they're taken off the tour and taken out to L.A., and they film a bit role in a teen beach movie playing the band that plays on the, the beach. Jonathan Demme plays the director of that movie. Oh. Um, which is interesting. Uh, and they play uh, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters is the name of their band. Very What's fun. the name of the movie? <laughs> um, uh, uh, Weekend at Party Pier. There you go. Mark, if you ever did a like, if you ever started a band, you should that should be the name of your band. No, and the O'Neaters. We just talked about this. No, I know, but I think this would be better. What was <laughs> the name Geach again? The sh- Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. That That's should absolutely so be your good. band name. It's and such a it's such a good band name. Also, they're wearing like all white, like they're Donald, mm-hmm. like they're da- Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and they're they're air playing saxophones. It's great. Yes. It's fantastic. It, it's so good. And but you should name your album the name of the movie, and like it would just be a perfect weekend uh, <laughs> party beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so Faye starts feeling bad, like sick. Um, guy is sweet to her. Jimmy really can't be bothered. He's too focused on his music to care about his sick girlfriend. Um, while in LA, Jay, Jay, guy goes to a jazz club and he meets his hero, um, a fellow drummer, yeah. Del Paxton. Uh, did you say uh, what? What was the name? Del, Del Paxton. Del Paxton. Got it. Um, so Del Paxton, he tells guy like play any way he can. Um, so then they go to play on a TV variety show. Um, also, um, you know, mimicking the Beatles a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's very, but, it's very Ed Sullivan-y. Right, exactly. I mean, uh, they the ba- even like 
name drop the Ed Sullivan show. I mean, they're, mm. they're name dropping the Beatles left and right. The comparison right. is being made pretty clearly in the movie. Um, someone asks them if they're going to have a hair combing contest with the Beatles, which I've always thought is funny. Yeah, pretty funny. Um, the bass player isn't there. He's with the Marines at, Disney at Disneyland. Um, and so he ends up joining the Marines, which was always his plan, but he's kind of goofing off first. Uh, he gets replaced by a session musician. Wolfman. Wolfman. Um, so then Jimmy gets pissed because as a joke when he's playing, it's like cutting to every person and introducing them with kind of like funny text. And so the text that appears on the screen whenever he's there says, sorry, ladies, he's engaged, which pisses him off. Um, he's not engaged and has no plans to get engaged. Right. He thinks Faye did this as kind of like a controlling move, which isn't really Faye's whole bag, so it's Meanwhile, weird that he thinks that. Yeah, Faye has been pretty chill about getting no attention from him all all movie. Right. Um meanwhile Faye thinks that he's proposing to her via right. this. Um, so it's so just yeah. in so this a, is a, a bad bit of a situation. Tiff. Yeah, it's it's a bad from top to bottom. Um he, he tells her it'll never happen. So Faye is upset, tells him off. You guys want to talk about this scene? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, let me just say, like, everything, like, that's happened in the movie so far, I'm on board for. I mean, we talked a little bit about, like, smaller issues, I guess, but uh, mm-hmm. I like this movie a lot. It's sitting at, like, a comfortable four-star rating on my letterbox. Um, and then uh, she just gives that line uh, about all the kisses she's wasted on him, and it just goes on and on, and, like, it couldn't have fallen more flat. Um, and I couldn't be feeling less feelings that the movie wants me to feel mm-hmm. at this point. It's, um, it's she, pretty painful. She, she literally, they're in like the locker room or the green room and she like gets the whole band's attention <laughs> to <laughs> announce that she's breaking up with, um, with Jimmy and that she regrets the entire thing. Which like um, nothing about her character that presented so far would make me think she'd be that like openly dramatic about like a breakup where she would want all the attention about it. You know what I mean? She is following a band around the country though. I don't know. There's, there's elements of it maybe, but no, you're right. But it's also because they don't give her character anything to do. Like we just don't don't know know enough about her character to know whether or not this is in character or out of character. I I guess I'm just basing it on the fact that she's soft spoken because she's Liv Tyler more so than anything about her character. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah, her character is basically the girl, which is always bad in movies when the characterization is just like, oh, she's the girl. I mean, Uh, and then Charlize Theron is like even more the girl. Yeah, she's the bad girl (laughs) and Faye is like the good girl. Like that's really the depth of it. Charlize Theron is also like really ditzy and like always Mm -hmm. has her hair like done up. Um, Um, It's also an interesting trend in movies, which... uh, We'll dive into a little bit. I don't know enough to really back this up, but mm-hmm. like, so um, blondes are always portrayed. Not always. I don't want to use the word always, but yeah. there was a time when blondes were presented as like the fun, like, oh, they'll be the hot girls in movies or the threatening girls in movies to main characters who are brunette and who are the safe ones that the guys end up with at the end. They're the smarter ones or they're the ones that like, 
are more safe and they're the mm-hmm. ones being threatened by. It's an interesting thing. Hair color has literally nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no. But it was a trend right. for a while that that was the archetype shortcuts that they would use, which is kind of interesting. And they do which, it yeah. here. I mean, you see it and yeah, you see it here. <laughs> yeah, right. Le- Legally Blonde is literally like just a movie going against that stereotype. That's yeah, it's a response to that basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really interesting how like I don't I feel like that isn't as much of a thing anymore. No, 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 not not really. That's why, yeah, I wanted to set it all up, but that it was at one time a thing. Um, uh, but but for sure, uh, um, I wanted to call her Tess. I'm still thinking about Ocean's Eleven. Um, <laughs> Faye, Faye, like, definitely does not deliver this monologue very well. It's kind no. of um, just flatly delivered. Tom mm-hmm. also doesn't write it well. To be fair, mm, that too. Yeah. Right. Um, so the next day is supposed to be a recording day. Lenny isn't there. Uh, he went and got hitched, uh, in Vegas to a Playboy Bunny. Former Playboy Bunny. Love that Steve's on. (laughs) Um, so Jimmy refuses to record the songs Mr. White wants him to and quits because the songs were like from the back catalog of Playtone. Jimmy wants to write his own songs. It's also like they want him to record that thing you do in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, for international markets, what he, he wants to record like all my lonely dreams, which is like what he's always <laughs> yeah. like his his idea of like their hit ballad, um, which right. doesn't make any fucking sense, Jimmy. No, um, and like he, so, he does this little bit where he like he quits by doing a song. I quit. I quit. Yeah, I quit, Mister White. It's because uh, Mister White's all. Like make it snappy, and he makes the snappiest yeah. "I quit" song. Yeah, it. Uh, I used. I, I don't we know. We used to sing that I song can't. at my house whenever we were mad. <laughs> it's a it's, good. It's a good bit. I quit. It's really fun. It's good. I think it's a po- bit. Good bit. Good <laughs> I bit. think it's supposed to be like a good huge bit. moment in the movie, but I don't know. It falls a little flat to me because I'm just like, oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, all uh, of like the later. emotional beats of of this end are kind of just swings and misses. Yeah. Um. So guy is the only one left. He's bummed. It's mm-hmm. over. Uh, Mr. White. <sighs> <laughs> Mr. White calls them a one hit wonder, coining the term one hit wonder because their name is the Wonders. He was like, "Ha! I guess you guys are the one hit wonders." <sighs> I don't know if I necessarily agree that he's coining the term as may- much as maybe referencing it, no, uh, but it's still it, a bit on the nose. He's, it's, oh, it's very on the nose. He's coining it. I mean, it's, the n- number one was in the original name of the Wonders. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is a, uh, um, uh, what is this, some kind of Suicide Squad moment? <laughs> but also, like, not quite the same. I can't really think of examples. Um, but more- but I've seen these in movies happen before where it's like, well, oh, it's set in the past, and they create a I whole mean, new term. When I, when Tom Hanks me- made this movie, he was coming fresh off of Forrest Gump, which, like, did this to he everything. He created everything, So, yeah. like, he probably was inspired by uh, Zemeckis and uh, decided he was going to... Do it in his movie when he writes and directs it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like this is more of one of those things where it's like a joke written backwards, where he is like, "Oh, I could like have like one hit wonders, and the band could be the wonders," and then he writes it backwards from there. I don't know if um it's necessarily coining the term, but whatever. I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, he 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 talks to the guy, and he's like, "Guy, you were always the smart one." 
Um, because Which, Guy like, was the, he's, he doesn't seem that smart throughout the movie <laughs> to me. No, he but he has his, most his, of the time. He has his head on his shoulders. He doesn't do anything hugely yeah. dumbass. He he's he's basically just loving the ride as it happens. You know, he's not parting too hard. He's not taking right. it too seriously, which is like the smart way to approach it is kind of the idea there. Yeah. Um, guys, jazz heroes shows up um, and they have uh, an impromptu jam session. Is, is there like a story for how he like knew to show up at the studio at that he, time? He, he didn't, he didn't know. He just was recording. Like he's a local and it's a okay. local recording studio. It was just chance. It was just chance. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was, he was uh, in the studio next door recording something with someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Um, so then Guy... Oof, I don't want to do any of this part. Um, <laughs> also, the song that they're recording is called I Am Spartacus. Um, yeah, which, because it's just a drum and piano. Yeah, he like that was like yeah. his, his joke name for it. And then uh, Dell comes in and they lay down that track. Yeah, the name fucking sucks. Um, so Guy hurries to the hotel and he stops Faye from leaving by kissing her. Well, then talking about it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, before. talk. Yeah, you guys talk about um, it. Well, she, we... she asks him if uh, if he was in love back in Erie with Tina, uh, mm-hmm. and he he is too gentlemanly to answer. Um, and then he asks her when was the last time she was truly and deeply kissed. She is not too womanly to answer that. It was in eighth grade, apparently. What the fuck, Faye? <laughs> yeah. Also, what the fuck, Jimmy? What are you doing? Yeah. It wasn't Jimmy. It was another dude. I know. That's the problem, yeah, though. Yeah, Jimmy either never kissed her or never really kissed her. He never, never really deeply, kissed her. Yeah, yeah, truly kissed her. I'm thinking they smooched, though. No, they smooched, but he didn't smooch her like he meant it. Yeah, didn't smooch her, smooch her deeply. Anyway, this conversation sucks and it's, it's dumb. Awful. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, it's laughable. Oh, wh- and then, and then, just the cherry on top. So they, they uh, let do me the, do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Okay, let me you do, do it. it. You do it. <laughs> so, so this part sucks, right? But it's like not like whatever. It's the no, it's aggressively it's bad. What, it's, yeah, it's but bad. it's but it but it it's, but it's what you would expect would kind of happen to a degree, right? It's pretty bad. So it's like then, the worst version of what I expected would happen. Yeah. yeah. So 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 then the porter, right? So that's the guy who carries your bags at hotels. I had to look up what his the name, name is. Lamar. Were. His name's Lamar. He has been in maybe one scene previously Definitely of just like more being than at the scene. hotel. Thank you I'm, very much. I can name two off the top of my head. Okay, Do but it. he doesn't have a huge role. He's not integral to no, anything. No, 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 no. He, he he's just there, kind of in the background, right? So so, so guy and. Um, Faye are walking into the hotel. The uh, porter grabs their bags. And then he, the porter, looks straight into the camera and smiles. Like, A, he knows the fucking audience is there. Or B, like, he's a fucking main character who we have any kind of emotional attachment to. And like would, like, fucking... be charmed by this, like, smile. Like, why does this happen? He's like fucking Porky Pig saying, that, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> that's it exactly. Is. Yeah, that's what it is. Why, why does this happen, Mark? It, it uh, Look, I don't have an answer for you other than the fact that I, I kind of like it. And his smile <laughs> why? is as all hell. Sh- shut up. Why do you like it? I just I don't know. It's a uh, it's deeply ingrained in my psyche from childhood, uh-huh. um, and B it's just like he's, uh-huh. his smile. He strikes a really good pose. Okay, okay. he has a good <laughs> smile, but it doesn't like make sense in the context of the movie. That no, this, of course not at all. Not, but this whole scene doesn't make any fucking sense. 
it really does feel tacked right. on a little bit in a weird way. Um, yeah, like it should have definitely ended in the studio with him I playing agree. music and being happy. You can have your epilogue that they throw in later. I don't know if it's you wanted like, to talk about it's that. It's like yeah. they, but, they filmed the ed- the ending of him drumming in the studio, and they were like, oh, shit, we got to like tie up this romantic thread as well. Yeah, like nothing yeah. happened with and they, Faye. And they couldn't figure out how to make that happen before the thing in the studio. Um, so they just kind of threw it together, and they're like, "How do we? what's the final shot? Oh, what if Lamar just, just mugs at the camera? And they're like, fuck, okay, fine. He might as well be winking, honestly. Yeah, like, it's like, it's bad. And it's it'd be one thing, it would still be bad, but it would be, would be one thing if they somehow got Tom Hanks' character to be there and wink at the camera after saying, like, <laughs> looks like he did that thing he does, or something stupid Yeah, no, like that. Uh, I mean, agreed, but, like, yeah, or if the movie had been overly stylistic the whole time. Right. Because, like, like, like maybe the thir- it's... the fourth wall. That, or just, like, it's, it, it feels like a 60s, like, variety show or yeah. a, think how things in the 60s feel. Um, because if, then it could be, like, oh, he's... Because that's maybe what it's a reference to is how, like, TV shows and stuff could sometimes end by just, like, grinning at the camera. But it just maybe. doesn't work. It, it, it's it's an idea that's not, like, tied to anything well enough. Not at all. And, like, it'd be another thing if, like, Lamar had been, like, making some reference to... Like, you know, in Lebowski, there's that dude who's, like, supposed to be God or whatever... Uh, at the bar he's like the all-knowing cowboy guy oh yeah yeah, and like there was like hints of him being that beforehand this guy Mm -hmm. was literally just the dude who picked up the bags and then now he like seems to be in on something that the rest of the characters aren't in on it's it's a weird choice the most important thing he had done was send a guy to the right jazz bar yeah exactly yeah i don't know it's bad um ugh um, I, I, here is my definitive answer for why this is in the movie. His eye to the camera is his way of saying, uh, they fucking y'all. I mean, um, because, because literally guy, because guy is literally like, how much longer do we have our bedroom? And he's like, uh, you got it as long as you need it. Winks at camera. Yes. I mean, that is kind of, yeah. I mean, that is Which, what's happening there, but it's still looking into the camera. It's, it still yeah, doesn't work. It's not Jim Halpert in the office who like knows that there's cameras there. It's just a right. random dude looking up into like an empty space. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. In the context of the universe that they're in. Right. So after that, there's an epilogue. It reveals mm-hmm. that Jimmy goes back to Playtone, records with another band. He has a pretty successful career. So he is truly the talent. Um, but he also kind of has to sell out. So, um, then Lenny becomes a hotel and casino manager in Vegas. The bass player wins a purple heart and then guy and Faye start a family in California and then they move to Washington and guy teaches jazz. Um, he needed to play music. Didn't need to teach music. Yeah, I, I I don't like this resolution for Guy. I think the better uh, bit would be for him to be a session musician, which is apparently what happens in the extended edition. It feels more tied to things that happen within the movie. Yeah, um, like his his goal in the entire movie is like he just wants to play drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like a good resolution for that would be to be able to be a professional drummer. But like mm-hmm. playing in a, a teaching kids jazz is cool i guess i mean yeah if, if this cool but stuff had been done better and like he did find out that like family was all he wanted then the, then that ending is satisfactory like oh he gets to live with Faye and have a family and teach kids sure 
But right. like that's not the lesson he learned along the way at all. Like he got no. the girl, but he also like learned just play, just 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 play when you can, and essentially yeah, yeah. be a session musician. Del Del texts him or Del Paxton tells him Del Taco, that, uh, Del Taco, <laughs> that um, he says bands come and go, but like drumming is all like you just got to stick with it. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what he's uh, telling a very drunk guy. Right. I also um, just well, don't like epilogues in fictional movies like this. Oh, no. I, 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 I mean, this uh, one isn't, isn't the best. When Sometimes they can be funny and fun, but this one is just kind yeah. of like, here are just four boring things. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it works fine. Don't they do it in Anchorman? I think it works. Yeah, they do. I think do they it do in something like that, but it's all like absurd stuff and it works in that movie. But this right, just like saying, like, they ended up having like a pretty normal life. They ended up having a normal yeah, life. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Why are you doing this? No, I mean that makes sense. Um, so, so well, that's it for like what happens in the movie. But so it's set in 1960s. What do you guys think? Like, do you think they could do a modern version of this, or like, could they have made it about the 90s? I think that what is special about the 60s is that, like, one-hit wonders were really starting to happen. And also, like, radio was really starting to take off in a way that allowed bands to become as ultra-popular as they were as fast as they were. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I so, think... Like, the, the, Go ahead. Yes, it's, it still happens, but mm-hmm. the 60s were, like, when the studios were still trying to figure out what to do with these bands. And a lot of times that meant like milking their one song for as much as they could get and then just mm. dropping them. But I think like, so this is set in the 1990s and that very much was what was happening in that era too. Cause it was your NSYNCs. It was your Backstreet Boys. was your Britney Spears who uh, like well, got successful, but there were tons of others that were trying to replicate this thing. There was plenty of the yeah. one hit boy band things. Mm-hmm. So you could have done a, boy band thing but but maybe the thing is there wasn't enough separation from it yet Um, yeah and i'm i I think that like nostalgia is a big big factor here there's always like 20 or 30 years of nostalgia Mm -hmm. um in culture and this was like the the distance from like 64 to 96 is the same as from today to a movie set in 1986 aka it right right Um, so it's like it's that exact same kind of separation in nostalgia i mean yeah, because like if we made this movie, like it would probably be set in the '90s, and it would be like a '90s band. And yeah, I mean, th- this, this is like movie, Tom Hanks' nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie today, instead of the Beatles' name drops, it would be about like a band called like Ecstasy, and it's like a Nirvana yes. riff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh no, I think it probably would be about the boy bands because those were more so the one-hit wonders. Maybe um, your movie would be the boy bands. Yeah, yeah but it would, it would, it would probably be the, be 90s the Dave sure. Matthews ripoffs. I just knowing I, what I, I was into, like I just think the world of boy bands and stuff like that at that time is very similar to the shit yeah, that was happening it, it now. For real if, is. It, it was the like putting them on a tour where they go to like mm-hmm. fairs and stuff and making them sing one song, yeah. making them all dress a certain way, etc. Like it is yeah. the closest like comparison. I mean, like, the Wonders and the Beatles, they were boy bands. Just yeah, like no, they the were. Just like 90s versions oh, yeah. of boy bands. Yep, uh, absolutely. I, I would love to see a 90s boy band movie now. I think it'd be fascinating. I always hate it when people compare One Direction to the Beatles, but I mostly hate it because of how accurate it is. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> it is kind of. And it like the thing is, Mark, the more and more time passes, 
the more and more accurate it is. Like You're saying because of the independent careers he just had. And they're all being like relatively successful in their individual careers. Guys, um, Harry's album's like really is, good. It's really good and it is like the type of music that like you know, one of the Beatles like would have like kind of done like, so, so you have your, Oh my God, I'm about to dive in in this comparison. So like, <laughs> so Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm not sure, as super I into will. the Beatles as um, you are, but like, yes. So George Harrison and Ringo, when they left the music they did was a bit more popular, popular of that time, but that's kind of where it went. Right. I would say that I don't really know much about George Harrison or, um, Ringo's solo music. In fact, I don't know anything about Ringo's solo music. I think George Harrison's music was probably a little bit more like artistic. He was the kind of guy that like got super into like uh, Middle Eastern culture and like brought the sitar in. And he wrote mm. "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," which is like a kind of a slower ballad. Paul McCartney, though, he like he formed the Wings, and they have like a really successful like kind of standard rock album. Right. Like Zane feels very Paul McCartney to me because he's doing like pop, but like it's good pop that everybody likes. Whereas mm-hmm. Harry feels more a bit like the John Lennon where he is doing mm-hmm. music that is good and is sort of like the music of the time, but it's not necessarily what's huge right now. Um, but it's still like liked. Whereas the other ones are doing kind of the like, uh, it's just kind of what's popular. We're kind of going along with it. Well, John got kind of a little up his ass eventually. Yeah, which um, Harry hasn't yet. I, yeah. could, I could see it happening, though. Zane is up his ass, though. His I music would, yeah, is... Mm. Yeah. Is that, okay. I, I would make the Zane and... Um, uh, I love that this is happening. I, I love that I'm making Mark do this. All right, so I, now the, the O'Neaters, which, which one... No, compare, who even compare knows? Those to the I mean, they they direction. didn't they didn't make it. Like that's the thing; they just yeah. weren't successful enough. Yeah. Um, people are gonna get mad at us. We're not saying One Direction is the quality I of music as Beatles in, are, but in like in terms of the reception, no. they are equal. Like in terms of the like the Beatlemania that happened was pretty similar to like Bieber or um, One Direction, but in terms of like the way that like uh the beatles completely changed the way that music was like listened to and talked about and like not only did they kind of they didn't kick off rock and roll they didn't right, invent right. it by any means but um their like pop pop albums were huge and they were like the top of the charts for years like right their albums would be number one until their next album would come out and then they would have a one and two right um yeah so th- so the argument more isn't like the wonder one direction is exactly the beatles but the it's more like they're as close as we're ever gonna get again if that makes sense because yeah. you just can't be the beatles anymore there's too much stuff for you to be that huge the beatles put out like six albums in four years and all of those were like the most successful albums of all time up to that up right. to that point and then after that, they completely changed their sound and like reinvented like psychedelic music and right. like um, completely changed music as, in general, which um, no one will ever claim One Direction has have done. I think Wonder like One Direction like released five albums 
by the time in they like, like broke eight up eight years though yeah, yeah yeah no i'm not saying it's like a direct comparison but like they yeah. still like threw shit out pretty fast but all of their stuff was kind of same as uh, no it, they, they change a little bit as it goes but they don't have the change of like from please please me to like the white album no 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 but but then you listen to like harry's new album and you're like fuck that's a departure um, for sure but anyway, <laughs> one, one direction, one direction. Um, well, but, but no, I think this is an interesting like part of it because like, this is our lens to this kind of stuff now, um, mm-hmm. because it's the boy bounds of now. Um, so we, we've talked about this movie a lot. Um, any final thoughts on it? Um, Mark, <laughs> I mean, um, are, are we just going to go ahead and do do voting now as well? If you guys want to, that's fine. Um, I mean, my opinion of this movie is, like, very much tainted by the fact that I watched it so much growing up. I mean, um... Tainted? LOL, like the taint, opposite taint, of taint, tainted. Taint, LOL, taint. <laughs> um, what I mean is, like, it's, it's very much... Uh, I can't separate it from the right. fact that it is, like, my childhood uh, personified. Um... But uh, the music in it is so catchy. I like constantly. I can think of like basically every song that happens in this movie. You were t- we, when we were talking about the talent show, um, bef- that takes place beforehand. I couldn't like sing for you the two songs that are played before they go on stage. Jesus, um, could you right now for us? Um, yeah. So the the first one is like the this um a, a couple of girls on acoustic guitars sing like. I can hear the children laughing. I can hear the children. Yep. And the, the heckler in the audience Cody is shouting, I can, the children <laughs> are laughing at you. They're laughing at you. Um, and then the second band is like this, this just this brass band from a fraternity. They're playing like. Burr, 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 burr. So they were scatting? Um, and it's. It's like yeah, no, 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 it's, no it's, Mark. It went like a, a polka song. Mark, it went like this. No man, you're thinking You're thinking beep boop beep. What are you doing, Chad? Because mine's a real thing. beep. I don't know if yours is. Beep boop beep. I don't know what yours is. Is that um Jerry Seinfeld scatting? <laughs> I didn't know, but yeah, it, it is. Or is no, it it's, seen- it's, uh, it's Krabs is a robot. Mr. Krabs is radio calling in, asking for that song. What's that song that goes beep, beep, boop, beep? And then the guy on the radio is like, no, no man, you're thinking of beep, boop, boop, bop. Uh, see, <laughs> I thought you were I thought you were playing R2-D2 as the J.K. Simmons character in Whiplash. <laughs> That's what I thought was happening. Um, <laughs> no, I was being, I was being crabs. Okay, what were you saying, Mark? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I was saying that, like, j- the soundtrack of this is um, so, like, entwined in my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, there are so many lines in this that I don't even know if they're funny as much as just the <laughs> fact that I've heard them so many times that I find them funny. Yeah. Well, um, that's also the Mark Wallington story. That's also just the Mark <laughs> Wallington story. I'm not sure if this is funny or I just think it's funny. <laughs> right. Um. But I'm I'm very willing to admit that this is not like the best movie of all time. Well, you uh, so you claim you know a lot about it, Mark. But I got a little question for you. Sure. To, yeah. To, let's te- do this. to test your merits. Uh, 
Who wrote the song That Thing You Do? Not in the movie, in real life. Um, It's like the, the bass player for Fountains, Fountains of Wayne. Fuck, he got it. Um, I forgot <laughs> yeah. the guy's name specifically. Yeah, you don't need the name. It's, it's So Fountains of Wayne, if people don't know, uh, do you guys know what their biggest hit is? Chad? Stacy's mom, right? Yeah, Stacy's mom. Yeah. So the people who wrote Stacy's mom wrote That <laughs> Thing like, You Do. It tracks. It's like if Fountains of Wayne were making music in the 60s, it would be it's, That Thing You it's Do. It's very just a much hit factory, like Fountains a, of Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you know your shit, Mark. Continue. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Do they have any other um, hits or are they one hit wonders? <laughs> They're one hit wonders. I'm pretty positive. Yeah. One hit wanders? Sure. We'll maybe, allow maybe it. Maybe that's why they're called Fountains of Yeah. Fountains of Wayne. Wayne. So just for that. Mark, finish your thoughts. Um, uh, I mean, if we're going to vote, I'm going to. Yeah, vote. It breaks my heart a little bit to vote for Fargo, but Fargo doesn't have the line, um, uh, when was the last time you were deeply and truly kissed, A eh? Right, right, That's right. how it would be in Fargo. They right. Just throw A at the end. Right, right, right. Okay, so you're voting Fargo. Mm-hmm. Even though you love that thing you do, you think Fargo's a much better movie. I'm willing to admit that that thing you do has uh, flaws. You don't have to, Mark. You can you can pick. Oh, with- no. I, I hate watching um, the, that dialogue in the last scene as much as anyone. Okay. okay. Chat, you want to go? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret how much I love Fargo. It's one of my just all-time favorite movies. Um, I love that thing you do. It's a fun, fun time. The song is like the catchiest thing ever. Um, it's been stuck in my head since I watched it, and I just don't. It's so great. I don't so mind good. it. It can stay in my head forever. Um and but yeah, the, it ends with the magical winking man right after the horrible, mm-hmm. horrible kissing dialogue. And yep. I don't mind kissing in movies. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not one of the the folks in the uh, Marx movie of '86, <laughs> whatever it was. What is that movie um, called? Cinema, Cinema Paradiso. Paradiso. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'd sit down and watch the kissing reel from Cinema Paradiso, like. Chad does this all the fucking time where he references the practice episodes that we recorded where we talked about Cinema Paradiso. Now you got to explain what the fuck happens in Cinema Paradiso. He watches people kiss. Yeah. The the priest would cut all of the like the Mm -hmm. quote unquote pornographic like just the kissing scenes out of the Mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then in the end uh, the main character like finds them and stitches them all together and then watches them in a movie theater and cries. It's the best part of the movie. It is the best part of the movie. Deeply moved by the kissing scenes and kissing scenes are great but scenes where this particular scene where they're talking about kissing for so long yeah i think it's the talking hard. about it like yeah, yeah just, just do shut the up damn and thing. kiss her yeah fuck. Oh, uh, you guys remember in in the princess bride when the grandfather is like uh they say that there are three uh i forget exactly what he says but he mentions that there are like three kisses that went down in history mm-hmm um, I always assumed that this was one of them for some <laughs> this reason. Was one of those three. Because this almost stopped kissing forever. Like this almost yeah. ended. Yeah. Ended it. Yeah, okay. the other two were like great kisses. This was a bad kiss. This and yeah, it, yeah, it went yeah, down yeah, in yeah. history for the opposite reason. But right. yeah, obviously I'm voting Fargo. Um I love that movie and it's uh it doesn't have the issues this movie has. Right. As much as I like this movie. Uh, so obviously there are very different movies, um, but I mean that's how our show works: is we're pitting things against each other, um, and so so it's hard to compare a little bit because this one is meant to be a light, fun romp. So like you're like, oh well, should I really judge it? Because uh, it's not as deep and like thought, um, you know, 
it, it's not as mature of a film as um, Fargo is or anything like that. But our job is to judge between the two of them. And Fargo is the better made movie. Um, like, if I wasn't raised on it, you know, like, so, so sometimes I think about yeah. like Fargo is not necessarily a movie that I would watch like over and over again because like, it's just too much. And I would like love to say that this one would be because it is light, but man, it's lows are lows. Like it is pretty good consistently, mm-hmm. but fuck it's lows moments here, are real low. Here is my suggestion for you. Mm-hmm. Um, be eight. Yes. And watch <laughs> this movie with a bedtime. Yeah, no, I know. So like you're watching this movie, they land in LA and you're like, boy, I'm sleepy. Time to go to sleep. And you don't watch the third act. Yeah. No, it's I mean, fantastic. it's to watch it. It's, it's so great. That's the but thing. You, you have to watch them on the TV show because that scene rules. Yep. Yeah. Or on the, sure, the movie, the beach movie. Um, yes. So yeah, I'm picking Fargo. Um, so it's unanimous, but Mark, like, thank you for making us watch this movie. Like it, it, I didn't have a horrible time. It just has a couple scenes. I I feel like it feel, you know, it feels like we're dunking on this movie a little bit, which we're not. I had a great time. There just were a couple of scenes that were so unfortunate because a lot of movies are great with one or two scenes that you can kind of look over. Yeah. It sucks when it's the last scene though. It yes. just leaves you with yeah. a bad taste in your mouth. It, it really taints sour, it. sour note that like, I forget how charming Steve Zahn was the whole movie. Right. right. Yeah. Remember the time that he's playing cards and he's like, you want to see my hand? And he just flips it real fast and he's like, yeah, you got to watch out for me. Your EPA. <laughs> Jeez. It's uh, so dumb. I love it. It's so uh, dumb. Yeah, he's just having a good, good time everywhere he goes. All right. Just everywhere. So, Mark, you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Wallington Mark, on Letterboxd at Mark0014. Uh, that's about all that you want to follow me on. <laughs> Chadwick. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Chad A. Oliver on Twitter and Letterboxd. Um, add me on Facebook. No, why? <laughs> Damn it, you guys. I'll ignore, Every time. <laughs> I'll ignore your request if I don't know you. But if I know you and you're listening to my podcast, but you haven't added me on Facebook yet, what the hell? Like, yeah, what the hell? I, how, also, how do you know about the podcast? Um, okay, so, um, well, I guess they could be friends with me. I guess that would be the thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, you can <laughs> yes, find me. <laughs> you can follow me um, on Twitter at uh, Cody Lunsford underscore. You can find me on Letterboxd just by searching my name. You should follow the show on Twitter. Follow us at WePickPicks. That's W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. Um, we... Um, talk about the show uh, we talk about like fun stuff related to the show about the movies we watch etc um, but the best place you could join us is over in the best pictures Facebook group um, we talk about new releases we talk about the movies we you know talk about here it's um, the best pictures podcast Facebook group right yes exactly yeah. um, and that's where you can find us all so let's wrap up this damn thing hey uh, Chad what's the best movie of 1996 Fargo Hey, Mark, what's the best movie of 1996? It's Fargo, don't you know? Hey, Cody, what's the best movie of 1996? The best movie of 1996 is Fargo, and I'm not going to do a dumb accent. Remember, everyone. Remember, everyone. (laughs) I have wasted thousands and thousands of kisses on you. Kisses that I thought were special because of your lips and your smile (coughs) and all your color and life. I used to think that was the real you when you smiled. (laughs) 
but but now I know you don't mean any of it. You just save it for all your songs. Shame on me <laughs> for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. Bye, everyone. <laughs> no, no, Mark. This movie sucks <laughs> because of your lips, because of your smile. Next episode on Best Pictures, we are watching the 1996 Academy Award winner, The English Patient. Um, don't know much about it. Um, I'm guessing um, there's an English dude who gets sick. Um, if you want to watch this movie along with us, it's available to watch on Max Go, which is Cinemax's streaming um, service, if you have access to that. If not, you can rent it on Amazon and iTunes.